Psalm chapter 3. Uh, the background is this. Uh, David is sort of not as strong as he was as a king. Absalom's got the big head, and he has decided that he wants to become king. He sat at the gate. He's got all the people coming on his side. And so now he's taken over the kingdom. He has put his own father out, and his father has left. That will be chapter 3. Lord, how are they increased that trouble me? Many are they that rise up against me. Many there be which say of my soul, there is no help for him in God, Selah. But thou, O Lord, art a shield for me, my glory, and the lifter up of mine head. I cried unto the Lord with my voice, and he heard me out of his holy hill, Selah. There, what do you think of that? If you want to, what Selah means, in a way. I laid me down and slept. I awaked, and the Lord sustained me. They believe this could possibly be the night he left Jerusalem. I will not be afraid of ten thousands of people that have set themselves against me round about. Arise, O Lord, save me, O my God. For thou hast smitten my enemies upon the cheekbone, thou hast broken the teeth of the ungodly. Salvation belongeth unto the Lord. Thy blessings upon thy people, Selah. And then he goes on in the evening prayer. So three and four are like the morning is three and the evening is four. We're going to consider four. This is like maybe 24 hours, possibly after Absalom's rebellion. Hear me when I call, O God of my righteousness. Thou hast enlarged me when I was in distress. Have mercy upon me and hear my prayer. O ye sons of men, how long will ye turn my glory into shame? How long will ye love vanity and seek after leasing? But know that the Lord has set apart him that is godly for himself. The Lord will hear when I call unto him. Like to the men uh, were against him, stand in awe and sin not. Commune with your own heart upon your bed and be still, Selah. Offer the sacrifices of righteousness and put your trust in the Lord. There be many who say, who will show us any good? Lord, lift up the light of thy countenance upon us. Thou hast put gladness in our heart more than in the time that their corn and their wine increased. And I love verse 8. I will both lay me down in peace and sleep, for thou, Lord, only makest me dwell in safety. May the Lord's blessing to the reading of his word. It puts it into a little brighter context when you think about he's being chased by his own son. He and the people who have left Jerusalem have been heralded only by God's marvelous grace was Ahithophel's the oracle of God, counsel, turned aside. It was a Hushai, I can't remember exactly who it was that counseled against him. Uh, and, and, and anyway, God over, oversaw that and rescued David. Sleep is such a valuable thing. I just typed in today, I was wondering, are there ways to help us sleep? We know counting sheep is one. I found working on your Bible memory puts you to sleep quite often. But there is, in dealing with insomnia, there is hemp, restful sleep, these are all types of sleep aids. Sleep aid, calm, sleep support, sleep zone, deep sleep. Uh, metanonia, uh, metanonia, anyway, another word, mel- melatonin sleep spray. Unisom, sleep calm, rescue sleep, natural sleep, and night hall. Uh, interesting, uh, sleep number bed was developed by a man named Bob Walker. Uh, sleep number bed, perhaps you have one of those. And I found that 30% of Americans have sleep disruption. And I also found there was 15 tips to falling asleep. One was have a regular schedule, go to bed on time, you know, those kind of things. And so you can read all about sleeping. I tell you, you want to know the best thing for sleep is to put your trust in God. And you can count sheep if you want, count cows, count horses, count whatever you want to count. I don't care. But I tell you, the best thing is put your head on the...
pillow. I am wondering how some people in the world today can put their head on the pillow and sleep in a good conscience. To having a clear conscience, there's nothing like it. And so, and I'm not saying you're perfect, none of us are perfect, but I'm saying trusting in God gives us the ability to sleep. I like the evening hymn, it's called by many. Uh, matter of fact, in my memoir study Bible, it says, An evening prayer for deliverance. Someone has penned these words, Thus my thoughts in your outline composed to peace. I'll give mine eyes to sleep. Thy hand in safety keeps my days, and will my slumbers keep. God watches over us. We wake up in the morning. He's taking care of us. And the title there, if you notice the title, to the, which we all often neglect, don't even think about often, it is to the chief musician uh, on Neganoth, if you would call it that, a psalm of David. The chief musician, as you well know, in First Chronicles 6, was like the master. He was the director. We know that uh, different psalms, uh, Spurs in the comments there, different psalms were, were, were named for renowned singers. I can think of one off the top of my head quickly. Asaph, had different, he wrote different psalms. And so the, the leading musical person I was reading in the Chronicles, they had, I think it was like 2,800 people. I'm oh, sorry, 280-some people were involved in the chorus and the different instrumentalists, and the t- Etc. And so music was such a large part of their worship service. The joy of the Jewish church was so great. Someone said they needed music to set forth the delightful feelings of their souls. And so music is the outgrowth. I will have to say most often that music is the outgrowth of sorrow. You think almost every singular, not everyone, but a lot of the hymns, uh, It Is Well With My Soul, an outgrowth of the moment by moment. The lady lost her, her dad, fell overboard, and she wrote that song, Moment by Moment, I'm Kept in His Love. And how many songs, Fanny Crosby, I Shall See My Savior First of All. Man, she also wrote, Blessed Assurance, Jesus is Mine. Oh, what a foretaste of glory divine. So, But the psalms, uh, different psalms for different purposes. David, I think, is praising the Lord. Interesting, one man says regarding this instrument, he says, quoting, Lord, I am an instrument for thee to touch. He says, let us lay ourselves open to the Spirit's touch, so shall we make melody. Can you imagine now your life, your only purpose is if God picks you up and uses you. Instead of, I'm playing my own song. And so often we, we, we all play our own song. The hardest instrument in any orchestra to play is second fiddle. Because we want to be in charge and do our own thing. If we would just simply allow ourselves to be picked up. And I love that old poem about the touch of the master's hand. When the, and, and, the, and the master picked it up. And wow, who give me 3,000 now? 3,000, I mean like 3 million now. 30 million now. We'll give him who's going once. A division. David pleads with God the first five verses. The second uh, three verses or four verses, he contrasts there in his own satisfaction and safety and the, regarding the disquietude of the ungodly and the providentially uh, uh, given peace, if you would, by God. So we have Absalom's rebel. David has left the building. He's left his palace. He's running for their lives. Only by again, God's grace and the counsel, uh, the, uh, Ahithophel's counsel, is rejected, and if if I'm not mistaken, it was shortly thereafter, Ahithophel left the palace, went home, put his house in order, and hung himself. He was so upset. Now, why did what? we know why he was so angry at David, right? Because Bathsheba's grandpa. Bathsheba's grandfather. And so he was, when he was, I I can just imagine that he maybe even had instigated a lot with Absalom. Let's rebel against your dad. Rebel against your dad. Rebel against your dad. And so, and then he, by the way, if God had not intervened, I think David could have easily been wiped out that very night by Absalom and his, uh, his cohorts. God intervened. 
In your outline, page one, David had been driven out of his inheritance by Absalom, but David knew that his true inheritance was spiritual, not material. The true inheritance was in the Lord. Nobody could drive him out of that. The circumstances of this psalm are similar to Psalm 3, the morning hymn. However, things had simmered down, says Phillips, for Absalom failed to follow up his initial advantage, and David had time to recruit forces of his own. He warned his enemies even to reflect upon their beds about before committing themselves in Psalm chapter 4. So we find in, first of all, we find a salvation. I'm indebted to uh, Mr. Phillips for this outline, Dr. John Phillips. Interesting enough, a missionary friend, uh, William Jeffco, is helping to translate Dr. Phillips' book on John into Tamil Nadu. Tamil Nadu, Tamil Nadu in India, so it's being translated into the Indian language by permission of Mrs. Phillips. And so anyway, interesting. So he's involved in that. So salvation, number one. And there's a personal salvation. When I hear me, when I call, O God of my righteousness, look, the personal pronouns, by the way, pronouns do mean important things. Language is so important, and you simply cannot dismiss a decade, centuries of language by taking it some other direction, hear me when I call, O God of my righteousness, thou hast enlarged me when I was, I was in distress, have mercy upon me and hear my prayer. So it's a personal salvation. I trust you have a personal salvation. It's not just a, a lot of, you know, well, I'm, I'm, I'm my mom and dad or my grandma and grandpa. No, I go to church sometimes. You must know Christ as Savior. It's the kind of salvation we all need. We can be philosophical enough about matters of belief, etc., but we must see our utter lostness. That's what makes it personal. There was two guys, and, and one guy was waiting out on, on, on the shore there, and one guy was sitting on the beach enjoying the sun, and so the other guy was wading out deeper and deeper, and finally he, what he thought was a, was a little like a darker water was a deep hole, and he dropped off into the deep hole, and he's yelling for the guy on the beach, Help! Help! I can't swim! And the guy on the beach said, Neither can I, but I'm not making such a fuss about it. So you, you've got to make it personal. It's me. I need the help. And that's... You've got to get you've heard outside, you've got to get people lost before you can get them saved. I, I heard a response just, and you may have heard the same response from a very educated person uh, who was asked about uh, about who can give birth to a child, and she was giving some the, the very popular answer of the current cultural leftist, etc. And, and as it went off, the guy who was commentating said, commentating about it and commenting said. That person is about a, is, thinks she's a hundred times smarter than she really is. And it's, it's the common sense. It's, you, you have to understand what, what God has lined out for us. And you may have all the, she may be teaching a, 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 a theoretics, but the truth is we need God's word, no matter how brilliant. And you may have 10 degrees. Uh, you may have 10 PhDs, but if you don't know the Savior, you've missed the most important thing of life. And, and our world has, America, much of America, younger folks, I, I'm not trying to paint, I'm painting a very broad picture, but a lot of the younger folks have, don't realize the importance of God for their lives, etc. God is my righteousness, David says. It's not used in any other part of Scripture, that little phrase there, God of my righteousness. It means thou art the author, the witness, the maintainer, the judge, the rewarder of my righteousness, and it's to him that David was appealing, the bottom of one, question one, has God been gracious to us like he has David? And the answer is yes. 
We've never had to go through what the people of Ukraine are going through right now. Can you imagine having on our own soil of the armies pushing back, pushing, pushing in further and further and further, and, and your children, your grandchildren are dying, perhaps? You're not going to be able to eat. You've lost your entire possessions. Your church has been blown to smithereens. We have had it. Have we not been blessed in America? We have. We have. Page two. Thus enlarged me when I was in distress. Now, a figure taken from a, the cl- a closed defile or a hardly, a hardly pressed by a surrounding enemy. It's like he had, like if you have a, a rock, a couple of rocks and you're hiding in there, the enemy's hiding in there. Jesus had sort of, God had smashed and dashed the rocks to pieces. Thus enlarged me when I was in distress. He hath broken the barriers and set me in a large place. God has enlarged, we might think it also as God hath enlarged my heart with joy. It's in your outline and comfort when I was like a man imprisoned by grief and sorrow. Personal salvation also unto a practical salvation. O you sons of men, how long will you turn my glory into shame? How, how long will you love vanity and seek after, after leasing? Now remember, if you're thinking with David, these men are against him, Absalom being the key one, and his soldiers and the people who are following him are after David, and they're turning his glory into shame, likely mocking David. Oh, Solomon or Absalom is king. It's interesting that David is probably one of the or the most loved king ever in Jewish, perhaps any history ever. And yet here comes Absalom, and he's he's so entitled now, and so he's got to take over, and he knows better. And and he had an eye problem, S I N. That was his problem. I that was Absalom's problem. We also can have, we all gonna have that same problem if we're not the I in the middle is me. I remember a song from years ago, "Past the Pirate." S-I-N and the I in the middle is me. And that is still true. The I in the middle of sin is us. It is us when we're not following God. We're dis- being disobedient. So it's a, a practical salvation. He allows now that his enemies are great men. That's the idea of sons of men. But still he believes to be, them to be foolish and chides them. They love vanity. That means lying, empty fantasies, vain conceits, and wicked fabrications. We need to keep this mantra, live not by lies. We need to keep that mantra. I know it's almost, it's, it's 80 years old when Scholz and Nietzsche uh, said that, the 1940s. He asked them on page two how long they mean to make his honor a jest and his fame a mockery. David wanted his salvation to be so thorough, so complete, so beyond question that it would be shut the mouths of the enemies of God. I tell you, we have seen, I know our country needs to get back to order. We have seen the degradation of even the people of the highest court in our land being so vilified and ridiculed, people who have just simply done their jobs, and yet they have been so, it's the, the, it, like the honor, making their honor a jest, making mockery of those who are doing their best. I'm not saying they're perfect. I'm not saying that at all. I'm saying we need to have the rule of law needs to be come back into vogue. And we need to have that. That's what keeps us going. I don't know if you know where we are as America, but we are close to, we're close to a division. We're close to those who are absolutely set against you and I, which I think probably most of us will be on the same page. Probably all of us are on pretty much the same page. But there are those who are just as much against that page, and they would like to see our country dissolved into pretty much chaos is what they would like to do. And then we can rebuild from that where everybody can do whatever they want to do. That's not how it works. No civilization has survived that. God has called us, you and I, to be salt and light. Question two. 
Is there a modern parallel to what David's enemies were doing to him in verse 2? Yes, we are there. It is us who are being more and more. I told you about Sunday. We're more and more going to be vilified and called in contempt and all these different things. Right wing, extreme right wing, the far right, the far, far right. It's all these different things. Transphobic, homophobic. We're just, we're all these things. We didn't even know it, but we're all these things now. The same position we have held for, for 50, 60 years. Now we are we're on the wrong side of a lot of things. But I tell you, when we're on God's side is where we need to stay. That's where we need to stay. It's not so much as, is God on ours. Are we on his? That's the question. Are we on his? So it's interesting, George Mueller. I did not know this, but George Mueller, before he was 10 years old, was already an accomplished thief. The night his mother died, he had been wandering the streets in a half-drunken stupor, a wild night of partying. partying excuse me. He, we got in trouble at school after school after school. He would get kicked out and moved on. Uh, even in divinity school, uh, training to be a minister of the gospel, he got, was constantly in debt and up to all these kind of tricks to try to get money from somebody. But then he's aware as a, becoming a minister, churches are not going to want that. Then God saved him transformed him and gave him ministry. So you wonder why George Mueller never told anybody about his finances for the orphanage because he had, in a previous part of his life, had been known as a thief. He says, if God can, a poor man could get means to carry on an orphan house, he said, it would demonstrate that God is faithful and still hears prayer. George Mueller is like, what a we don't have hardly, you know, we have a person like that anymore in the world anywhere. But what a man of God he was. And God supplied the day of over and over. I think at one time he had five orphanages. And when he died in Bristol, England, the whole city went into mourning. Businesses closed. Employees from companies all over the city lined the streets to witness the passing of one of the greatest men Bristol, England had ever known. On churches and cathedrals, flags flew at half-mast and bells were rung with muffled peals. The Bristol Times said, Mr. Mueller was raised up to show us that the age of miracles is not past. And I put in your outline, Professor Wendell Short said, one of Bristol's foremost surgeons said, my father used to say that during the days of George Mueller, agnosticism did not dare to raise its head in Bristol when George Mueller. Oh, if we had people like that again in America, wouldn't that be amazing? Wouldn't be, if we had those people, I think today though, in our, God can still work, but today our culture is not, would not even be accepting of that hardly today. But God can still do it. Maybe it's what we need. Some We need some people who will just get on the street and just in the right kind of way and preach the gospel. And you and I need to do our part. We do. I need to do my part. We all need to do uh, our part. So it's salvation and then there was sanctification. Uh, there's nothing mysterious about sanctification. There's, first of all, in verse 3, a personal godliness. But know that the Lord has set apart him that is godly for himself. The Lord will hear him when I, or hear when I call unto him. Sanctification is separation from ungodliness and separation to God. First, God makes a person godly. Then he sets a person apart for himself. Being set apart for God makes us love the things that once we loathed and make us loathe the things once we loved. Question three, what are some things that might fall in this category of loathing things that we once loved? Perhaps your habits, your, your, your food, your intake, the places you go, the things you say, the people you hang out with, the activities, going to church. Maybe you never went to church before you got saved. Now you go every time the door is open. That's a, a dramatic change. It should be. But no, 
Fools will not learn, and therefore they must be again and again be told the same thing. But no, you need to get right with God. God is the answer. It's God who he has made us and not we ourselves. You simply would believe what the Bible says and what logic tells you and what science tells you and what the word of God tells you and what your heart tells you. My wife was just, we were talking about supper time about a, a, a policeman, a sheriff in, our, in Boyd County who he and his wife, went, none of them give any names, specific, specific names, but he and his wife went to a rehab type farm where they had dinner, different people and they would come. He said, but there was one group of people that are just sort of, Pedophiles. He said, pedophiles can never, it can never ever be recouped, if you want to call it, or changed back. They are always. I said, maybe something's happened in their mind to where they cannot go back to a normal life. He said, but that's the one group of all the groups, the drug addicts, etc. But those people cannot be rehabilitated. Every time they get out, they go right back into the same thing again. And so Perhaps there are those yet, though, who are willing. And God's spirit, as you well know, can, can break the heart of stone. It's not your fancy talking or fancy footwork or whatever. It's, your, it's the word of God that is, can be the only thing that's really going to work to break through. So a personal godliness, a personal goodness. Verse 4, stand in awe or tremble and sin not. Commune with your own heart upon your bed and be still. This brought a new quality of life. Stand still and sin not to the guys who were trying to run him down, perhaps Absalom himself. Commune with your own heart upon your bed and be still, just to be quiet. When's the last time you actually sat down in your living room without the TV on or not listening to something or looking on your phone? Have you, when's the last time you spent 10 minutes sitting, one of the ladies I work with loves sitting on her porch. She's got a porch that goes all her, a porch on every part of her house. And it's my favorite thing to do, Tim, was just to, just sit on that porch, and I got to do that a lot this weekend, sit and drink coffee. And one of the guys I work with, he and his wife, sat out on their front porch before it's hardly even daylight. Just that quiet, when's the last time you and I stopped to do that and thought about what God has done for us? So stand in awe and sin not, and a new quietness as well, not only a new quality, but a new quietness. Commune with your own heart upon your bed and be still. One man says this as idea is still. Another guy said even stronger. It means to shut up. God would have us, he says, to shut up, be silent, get off the elliptical machine and listen to what he has to say. If you're talking so loud, you cannot hear what someone else is saying, and nor can you be, if you're listening or distracted, you can't hear what God's saying to you, can you? No, you cannot. Salvation, sanctification, sacrifice. Verse 5, the sacrifices of righteousness are not the kind of person would offer while he is in a state of rebellion against God. There are very special sacrifices, and there are three I outlined for you real briefly. There's the burnt offering that was offered to God, a picture of Christ's passion. The smoke of the sacrifice ascended to God and was accepted by him as an act of worship. There was the meal offering in verse 5, or offer, offer the sacrifices, the meal offering. That was the consisting of the fine flour, smooth and pure, a picture of Christ's perfection. The, the flour had been uh, uh, ground down to a real fine, smooth flour. The life of Christ, perfect. And in the peace offering, was the brothel worshiper and God together in a communion, and it was the basis of God and the worshiper to join in a ceremonial meal. The peace offering pictured Christ's presence. So offer those sacrifices, but we cannot do that when we are walking against God. Amos says in 3-2, can two walk to accept, together except they be agreed? Agreed. In the night of Calvary, how should we live? How then should we live? We should live a sacrificial life, sacrificial life for Christ. Then there's the song in 6 and 7. 
If there's one thing that should characterize the believer, it should be a song. You say, a pastor, I cannot sing. But you can hum. You can, you can go around and think about something and, and just humming along. You don't have to be a great singer. None of us are super-duper operatic singers. We know that. But we can sing for we can sing in our shower. Can you not? Well, people are awake right then. Okay, then just sort of hum quietly in your shower. The cat will squeal. Let the cat squeal. Let him sing along with you. Those kind of, we, we should have that. Does singing really determine the spiritual condition of the saint of God? I think it shows it. I think singing in a church shows that we have a desire to serve and enjoy the way you sing. Sing, just sing out. My dad was probably the number one uh, singer with enthusiasm I ever met. So he would lead to singing. He would just sing right out there and we'd join right, you know, and, and that he just loved to sing. My mom had the musical talent. He had the, he had the energy and the desire. And uh, we never, he never sang, he never sang like a duet or I can ever remember. Maybe sang in the choir, I think. He did sing in the choir. But mom was the one who had the musical talent, etc. But he had the joy of the Lord. The tragedy of a joyless life. Verse 6, there be many that say, who will show us any good? Lord, lift up thou the light of thy countenance upon us. While they all around were no doubt crying as they're leaving Jerusalem, and rightly so, and the fear of, the, of the, are we going to die tonight? It was a possibility, I believe, until God intervened. Yet David could maybe with tears running down his cheeks, the joy of the Lord, lift up thy countenance upon us. And there's the triumph of a joyful life. Verse 7. Thou hast put gladness in my heart more than in the time that their corn and their wine increased. It is better, says Spurgeon, said what, to feel God's favor one hour in our repenting souls than to sit whole ages under the warmest sunshine that this world affordeth. Let my granary be empty. I am yet full of blessings if Jesus Christ smiles upon me. But if I have all the world, I am poor without him. Isn't that so true? It's exactly true. We have all these things in the New York Times, et cetera, and the Wall Street Journal, all these houses. We're making money. We're losing money. Mostly right now we're losing money and, and, and uh, trying to force Mr. Musk to, to go ahead and buy Twitter for all that money, et cetera. And there's going to be a big uh, litigation probably over all those things. And, and so much money, money here, money, money there. We're, listen, God's pr- promise, but my God shall supply all your need according to his riches and glory by Christ Jesus. Now, if you, if you needed tomatoes, I might have two on my vines, but I'm telling you, I'm going to run out pretty quick. I couldn't supply the whole church for tomatoes. Now, if you can come over and get them if you want. But in God's tomato farm, it's as far as you can see, and every plant has so many. They're, like, they're drooping down, and they're big, luscious. There's no end to it. You can keep going to, Calif- to California. Uh, keep going, and it's, all, you see what I'm saying? it's an endless supply. He, has, he owns it all. He owns it all. Thomas Brooks says, What madness and folly is it when the favorites of heaven should envy the men of the world? What madness and folly that we get so caught up with the world we forgot what, who is our Savior. And in outline page four, we should not fail to remark that this verse is the saying of the righteous man in opposition to the saying of the man. How quickly doth the tongue betray the character. I like what Socrates said, Speak that I may see thee. Speak that I may see thee. And finally, there's security. Verse 8. I will both lay me down in peace and sleep, for thou, Lord, only makest me dwell in safety. 
So Absalom's forces are amassing just over from toward back toward Jerusalem. They had hoped to completely obliterate his father and to wipe him out and to take control. Ahithophel could see victory just in his grasp. The armies of Israel had been, or some, even David had trained himself, and now they're standing against him. And yet, that night he could say, I will both lay me down in peace and sleep, for thou, Lord, only makest me dwell in safety. How can you have a peace like that? I, I think I would be, I'd be up all night. What's that noise? Have you checked? I just asked me, King, five minutes ago. I know, go check again. Have you seen? For thy Lord only makes me dwell in safety. Spurgeon says, I shall not sit up to watch through fear, but I will lie down, and then will I not awake, listening to every rustling sound, but I will lie down and sleep, for I have not to fear. He that hath the wings of God above him needs no other curtain. He that hath the wings of God above him needs no other curtain. Interestingly enough, in 1875, a man was speaking on the Thou Art Keeping Him in Perfect Peace text. And uh, then he later on, a man was sitting there in the audience, and he went back. Bishop Brickersteth went back and thought of that hymn and wrote. I just got a little part of the hymn there in the outline. Peace, perfect peace in this dark world of sin. The blood of Jesus whispers peace within the only peace you see how we uh, come back to that same thing over and over but the peace that we need comes from god it's not with man not with man's policies not with any particular party or person it is with god jesus now that's the person that brings peace and that is the message we have to share with others there is hope there is hope as we turn to him let us pray Lord, help us to turn to you. Thank you for the peace that you offer. Thank you for the givenness that will keep him in perfect peace, whose mind is stayed on thee because he trusteth in thee. May we lay aside any other thing that we are trusting in for security and leave it with you. Yes, we're going to be careful. Yes, we're going to be cautious. We understand those things. But Lord, ultimately, our safety is in you. Lord, if David can trust you in the situation he was in in chapter 3 and 4 of the Psalms, surely we can trust you tonight as we lay our head down in peace and sleep. So, Lord, give us safety as we go home. Help us to be sharing this wonderful hope found in Jesus. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen.